Welcome back to another episode of the Tapehead Massacre podcast. I'm Caleb. I'm Tyler. And this is episode eight, where we're going to talk motherfucking Night of the Living Dead. Night of. I'm, I, I almost said Return of the Living Dead, and we were going to just do a completely different world. But yeah, no, Night of the Living Dead, man. It's been, uh, it's been a couple years for me. I can tell you that much. Yeah, um, it was definitely a little bit for me as well. Yeah, it was. Um, I relearned a lot of things. I felt like from my childhood that I don't remember or didn't remember from watching the movie the first go around. I gotta say, um, and I'm gonna, it's going to be a continuing thing here. Fuck Barbara, man. Yeah, yeah, I think we're both on the same wave, uh, and hopefully all the listeners are also on the same wave. Yeah, fuck Barbara, dude. She just she sucked. Yeah, she's the worst. She no 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 character arc there. It's uh, I mean, an easy acting gig. If I'm going to be honest with you. In totality, if 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 I had to choose an acting gig, and I was like, let me see what I'll be super known for that requires the least amount of effort, I think Barbara's the one. Quite honestly, yeah, no, you know? right there with you, yeah, man. Well, um, yeah. Before we dive into that, I suppose, right? I know how we usually kick these things off. You know, the the listening, the the watching, but I got a better idea this time around. Something I thought about on the drive on the drive here. Before we even get into that, let's just talk about the two hours we've had since or before this podcast has kicked off officially. Um, I want to know how many listeners out there have been completely bent over by DoorDash in some way, shape, or form. Because I got to be honest with you, we probably would have started this thing about an hour ago if DoorDash didn't just put us on a, a wild goose chase, if you will. But what ended up happening, long story short, is we thought we had our food it kept saying it arrived. It didn't arrive. And Jessica, I'm going to call her out on this podcast because I don't know her last name. And there's a lot of Jessicas in the world. But Jessica of Voorhees. <laughs> that the the Dasher. Bitch. Yeah, the Dasher. She, uh, she left us high and dry, man. We had Honey Grow. I had to create your own stir fry. I was stoked for it. Same. And, uh, you know, we were, we were left with nothing except for a guy on the phone being able to refund us some money. That was, that was all he did. Yeah, and then we got Wendy's, and I got to tell you, um, I can feel it. I can feel the Wendy's. Yeah, yeah. We go from a delicious, delicious meal of that is Honey Grow, yeah. which is a really, really tasty, tasty place. Nutritious. I'm, a, I'm just a big fan of that place. Big, big ups to Honey Grow. Big ups. And here we are, Wendy's. Yeah. What? Wendy's? It's like- Really? Wendy's is kind of to Wendy's to me anyway, like where McDonald's is like your meth lab trailer. Wendy's is like the pristine trailer, like the nice trailer of the trailer park. It's the, the, the castle of of the trailer park, the trailer park. It's a trailer park on, it's a trailer on top of a trailer. 
Yeah, I like that. It's a two-story trailer. It's a two-story trailer. It's like, wow, that was fucking that. That cost fifty k. <laughs> Old Jones down the street <laughs> bought that thing for fifty k. Oh shit! It's got two stories. Yeah, that's uh, that's Wendy's to me in a nutshell. It's like the king of the trailer park, but it's still a trailer park. Whereas like Honey Grows, like the nice development down the road. Yeah, that you're like, oh, what well, they got kale. Yeah, they got kale. They got edamame. Like, yeah, they got noodles, egg noodles. What's egg noodles? They got egg noodle. They got wheat noodle. They yeah, got rice noodle. What the hell is a rice noodle? <laughs> what the hell is a rice noodle? <laughs> What's a rice noodle? <laughs> what is a rice? What's a rice noodle? Yeah, that's exactly uh, what the yeah. Well, no. listen, we got we got beat hard, so we, we got we got Wendy's instead. So we are done eating the Wendy's, and now we're drinking uh, Dewclaw Brewing Company's. It was all a dream sickle. Sickle. Yeah. It's good. So it's uh it's tasty. I'm a big fan. It's an orange vanilla double hazy IPA. It's one of those sneaky boys too at eight and a half. That mm. thing is it comes in sweet, but it uh it'll make you sleepy. Yeah, it'll you make know? you a little sleepy. A little sleepy boy. But anyways, guys, uh, I just wanted to rant and rave about that for a second. Any give us a shout out when you hear this podcast. Anybody ever been fucked by DoorDash? Let us know, because I feel like I, I go in waves with DoorDash, too. There's sometimes where, like, everything goes smoothly for multiple orders, and then I just get bent over for, like, three or four of them. Not, maybe not in a row, but, like, three or four out of my five. I order DoorDash a lot. Like, probably too much. No, I, uh, I was on the DoorDash train for a while, so I get it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's convenient, but, like, you're always... You it's run a toss-up. Yeah, you run in the situations like we did tonight, you know? We got... Big old fucked, but hey, enough of the negativity, right? Because I want to want to change. I'm going to channel that negativity onto Barb here in a second. But oh, yeah. before we go into, uh, I'm going I'm to keep saying Return of the Living Dead, Night of the Fucking Living Dead, not Return of the Living Dead, even though that's I I prefer that movie. Quite honestly, yeah. the comedy horror aspect is just mm, so good. Johnny, you're still afraid. Stop it now! I mean it. They're coming to get you, Barbara. One question I had, and I, I thought about on the drive here, and it's something I've been thinking about for a couple months anyway, I just probably haven't understood how to phrase it, but I want to play the question and or small game of, in terms of horror movies and soundtracks, right, they go hand in hand. We, we've talked about it before on this podcast, off air, we've talked about it, you know, how important a soundtrack is to a horror movie whether it be the scares or whether it just be the aura of the movie. But my question to you is what is one song that you wish would be in a horror movie soundtrack that at least to your knowledge hasn't been, but that you would like to and thinks would fit perfectly. And you're speaking on horror. Correct. That's an easy one for me since I'm a big slam death metal guy. Uh, I, uh, I definitely not dead. Oh, dude! Hey, <laughs> a little self plug there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. shit. You guys want to? You guys? Any directors out there need a slam band? We got you. Yeah, that's it. So, but <laughs> <laughs> no. So for me, I would probably have to go with uh, Visceral Disgorges, Sedated and Amputated. God damn! It's a real ass beater, and would just be absolutely gnarly to have over just a really brutal scene. That would, that would. I mean, anything like that would pretty much fit. Yeah, it's just the intensity of the sheer intensity of it. Yep. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. That's what a good about one. you? 
Oh man, um, I I've been kind of stuck on it. I I think it would it would have to work in the right horror movie though. I'm gonna put it that way before I say it. But Toadie's Possum Kingdom. I think that song would work perfectly in the right horror movie in the right scene. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the "Do You Want to Die" part or the "I Will Treat You Well, My Sweet Angel." So help me, Jesus. I don't know. Maybe it's the lines of the th- of the song. I don't know what it is, but it's got like a creepy. But it would have to be like. I don't know. I, I, I've thought about that, like that riff specifically and thought, do it, you want to die? Yeah. I mean, I could see like some like, zo- like Rob Zombie style. Well, yeah, exactly. Where he's always putting like soft ass, like oldies <sighs> over top of like brutal, brutal shit. Yeah. You'd have to watch like intense, like action scenes from the characters, but this, the characters have to be more than just like primordial evil. They'd have to have like some sort of like, human element to them which rob zombie does very well with yeah, his characters it, i would i would say that for your track it wouldn't work well over like a creature feature oh my god no it'd be good for like you know like a, a human that's a murderer like the fucking creature from the black lagoon comes out of the swamp <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just the opening theme song yeah like that's fucking that doesn't feel right weighing in at a hundred and fifty thousand pounds <laughs> yeah dude like no nah, that wouldn't that wouldn't make sense but for the right for the right film i think that song would work yeah it would just yeah, yeah. it would it would have to make sense or some like there's a song called um saturday saint saturday saint sunday angel it's it's originally by ernest tubb getting into country music but it was redone by charlie crockett <laughs> and uh listen to that song and it's got like this it's very like old-timey country with that like real twangy guitar yeah and like the little fucking i don't know i don't know i don't know instruments lap steel what we just watched peter drake no it wasn't that that. no it wasn't that it was like a it sounded almost like a like a piano like an organ almost in the back interesting i'd have to play it for you but it kind of it's like that whole like psychobilly element to it that's another song i would choose but yeah i like it yeah no i think it it could it could make sense all right cool yeah you know what else low-key i was thinking about on the way here too is horror movies that weren't that great but their soundtrack was like movies that like you're like ah eh, it's okay the soundtrack slam and they got some bangers of songs in there but the actual movie itself sucks. Tormentor. <laughs> I mean yeah, kind of. The score was really cool. The score was tight, dude. The score was super tight. Yeah, I that, wasn't. I wasn't a fan of the movie. No, not at all. Not at all. So I did watch a movie <laughs> last <laughs> night. Yeah. Uh the soundtrack was interesting. It start. <laughs> the movie's called Night Train to Terror. Night Train. To All Terror. right. It's not West. I, Cor- no, no, no. This is like some fucking. I don't. I don't know. I don't know much about the movie. I know that I picked it up at one of the Mahoning events. <laughs> okay. At the Exhum Tent, and I was. I always like asking those guys. Like on this table right now, what's your pick? Like yeah. if you walk up to this table, what's your pick? Yep, and then like see what they say. It's kind of like the blockbuster equivalent. It's like when you would get to the red, you're like, ah, I don't know if I'd watch that one. That's what I always do. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the same deal, you know. Um, So that being said, uh, this was one of the suggested films. It's been sitting around. I it was still sealed until last night, and I cracked it open and popped it in, and ah, 
It starts off with like <laughs> a train rolling on down the tracks. That's good. It's in the title. Yeah, it is. <laughs> at least they stuck to But then to I come that. to find out that it really has nothing to do with a train at all. No. Oh. It's, it, yeah, it's like. Is it like a metaphor? Yeah, I guess. But there's uh, like this like 80s like musical montage right off the rip with like a theme song. Oh shit. And it's really bad. But <laughs> like I was like, okay, this is fun to open a movie with. And then like I find out what it is. It's it's God and Satan are on this train and they're like dictating the events to happen to these people that are doing bad things in the real world. Oh shit. So it's like a purgatory for them almost? In the version of a train? Well, the, there's no people on the train except this band. But they're like viewing in on people's lives. So they're like they're looking out the window of the train and it's like a tunnel into Earth. And oh, shit. they can see down. When did this come out? Fucking probably like late seventies, early eighties. It has to, that sounds like a late seventies. Yeah, it was bad. So you know, it's, it. it's up for sale. On my uh, on my Mercari <laughs> if you guys want it. You you really upsell the shit out of the yeah. tapes you're trying to give away. Yeah. Between that and Tormentor, ah, they fucking suck. But well, hey, Tormentor, yeah. Tormentor was free, and that that cost me a pretty penny. So yeah. congratulations, Cortez, the collector. That's on its way to you now. Yeah, that's a nice little profit yep. there for him. Yeah, and a cool collection. I mean, yeah, for sure. Boot, you know? Night Train of Terror. It's a Blu-ray. It's standard, you know, nothing special. Nothing. It's, it's a, it is a dual DVD Blu-ray special. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, it's either way, good. definitely cool. So along with uh, Night, Train, Night Train to Tear, I did just wind up turning that off last night. I didn't finish it. I <laughs> no? really, I didn't finish it now because once I saw where it was going, I was just like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I don't blame <clears throat> you. You know what else? Um, a movie that I think of that's not great, star-studded for its time, but a good soundtrack is the movie Fear. With Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on that. You've never seen that. Mark Wahlberg is like the villain, and he's like abusive boyfriend. And Reese Witherspoon's like, I'm tiny and blonde, and I and like he fingers her on the on the uh, the Ferris wheel, and it's like the first time she's ever been diddled. I don't know, man. I don't remember what this. you got to go watch. Do you got to watch Fear? Bush, the band Bush, is like in the soundtrack like three different times. That okay, you might have had me there. He's like playing pool and he's all like marky marked out and he's all ripped up. He just got done going, feel it, feel it, yeah, feel the vibrate. But then he's playing pool and like come down, comes on, just goes, doom, 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 and I'm like, fuck yeah. But then I'm like, this movie's terrible. <laughs> but it's cool because it's like this weird capsule in time of where like Mark Wahlberg was a villain. And okay. like you don't see Mark Wahlberg as a villain. Nah, he's Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. He's he's either Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, and he's like, huh? You know, he's like some like action hero now, yeah. but he's always asking like he always acts like he's asking a question. Yeah, always. Yeah, but I can't do it, Mark. I can't yeah. do it, Marky Mark. Mark Wal- 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 Wahlberg. Mike Wahlberg. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. got it. Yeah, he, yeah, you got it. But no, nah, I can't. I can't do his accent. But that's a weird one too. Like a, like a time capsule. The other movie is called Clay Pigeons, and Vince Vaughn's a murderer. Uh, I don't think I've seen that, but I know about it. It's a it's a weird thing because I remember I remember hearing about Vince Vaughn like being like casted as a fucking yeah, like the late nineties or something. Yeah, like it was 2000s. Like, yeah, I remember like reading something about him being casted like a, as like a fucking antagonist, and I'm like, that's interesting. I you could kind of see it though. I mean, because oh, I mean, yeah, he's got that he's got that demeanor. He's got that like sociopathic like comedy going on. Where he kind of just like talks and talks. Yeah. But he's like the other person doesn't even really need to be in the room type of deal. Yep. So, I mean, I could kind of see that switch. 
you know what else is a good movie too we're just gonna play this game the whole the whole podcast you know what else is a good movie blah, blah, blah. you know what else is a good movie is uh the place beyond i think it's called the place beyond the pines okay with, with uh ryan gosling weird one it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a thriller action deal okay. he's like a criminal he's trying to get his life together but like gets in this whole i think he robbed somebody i don't know it's been a while since i've seen it but it's good okay something like 2012 it's one right. of those like uh not low budget films, but like one of those like off. It's not like a mainstream picture by any means when it came out. Gotcha, it was like okay. one of those like Sundancey type of films. I did watch. Uh, I watched. <laughs> hello. Hello. I watched Uncle Peckerhead on Prime Video. Yes, and that was incredible. And it's funny you mentioned it because I, I ended up looking up. First, like Jeffrey Dean Morgan backs the shit out of that movie, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty interesting. So. I yeah, take it's, a, a it's, a, it's a local project too, from yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, super local, super yeah. local. Yeah, I got to, I got to peep that man. Yeah, I mean, definitely got to watch. I do for but, sure. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I watched this week. Uh, huh. I don't, I don't know if I, I did get a, a copy of Tapeworm in the mail. Um, I haven't watched it yet. No. No, um, I have a, I had an illegitimate fear of tapeworms for a while. Uh, I don't know if that's illegitimate though. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty kind of, legit. Yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty legitimate fear. Yeah, like you eat some undercooked meat and you're like, is that a tapeworm? Yeah, for real. Yeah, because then a tapeworm makes you really just like a bottomless pit. You just eat and eat and eat, right? Well, yeah. And now that I kind of think about it, when I was skinny, I was like, oh, that sucks. Now that I put some weight on, I'd be like, man, maybe I could use a tapeworm. <laughs> like incidental tapeworm. Yeah, yeah, Like, oh, oh you know. Wait, uh, does it prevent you from eating? Or do you overeat? That's a good question. I think it's the fact that you overeat because it's taking the nutrients that like, it's like sucking the nutrients from your body. Really? I think. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Well, if the end result is thin. Well, uh, you just keep eating. So I guess. Yeah, yeah I guess you'd be thin. So you'd be able to eat without gaining weight. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. That's what's like, up, tapeworm? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> yeah, Which, yeah. Where you at? Yeah. Anybody got a tapeworm or like a tapeworm like business going on? Yeah. Uh, kind of like Lloyd Christmas. He's got worms. <laughs> yeah. Anybody got tapeworms? Yeah, anybody's got tapeworms. I don't need like just normal worms. I yeah. need like a tape tapeworm. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Night of the living dead. Masterpiece? Yes, absolutely. What what I can say about this film is we could probably wrap this thing up in about twenty minutes because the storyline is very straight ahead. Yeah. There's not a lot of gray area happening. But basically, in its in its classic format and what's been referenced, shown in other movies, right? Old uh old Barbara, old Barbara and Johnny, sister and brother, brother and sister, going to um I think it's their father's graveyard. It's not specified, but they say, like, mother doesn't want to forget. It is father's, because I remember, we'll we'll touch on it in a second, but yeah, they go to, it's their father that they're going to see in the graveyard, um, out in, like, I don't think it's in Pittsburgh, but it seems to be the outskirts Yeah, it's like an hour outside of Pittsburgh. Which I completely forgot about this film, that it was East Coast. Yep. Like that, which I thought was pretty interesting. I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't even really even put two and two together there. Um, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, everything up up to Day of the Dead was filmed in and, ar- in and around Pittsburgh. Okay. Or, like, basically, like, that, like, like, upper area of Pennsylvania. Now, one thing I did want to bring up 
<clears throat> Tyler's fun facts. I haven't done this since fucking episode two. Um, was the production company that was behind Night of the Living Dead. But I gotta Google it because now I forget. It was something 10. 10? Something 10? Yeah, it was like the production company. Ben 10. Ben the, 10. The, the alien, like, kid, <laughs> yeah. show. Um, fuck, what was it? Let me look it up. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I believe in you. Thank you. I don't believe in me, but. No, you got this, dog. I'm trying. 10. It's going to be fucking. It's not going to be good. Um. Well, anyway, while I figure that out, let's continue because this could be a fucking. The podcast could be over by the time I figure it out. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, basically the shot, which I think is cool because I don't know of many films before it. Now, granted, I'm coming from a very shallow mind in terms of my back catalog of movie memory, but how they shoot, which I think the way they shoot this whole film is cool anyway, from that whole POV point of view style where everything's kind of like off kiltered nothing's ever dead centered on to like the main characters or where they're at it's always like on an angle which i think makes it kind of interesting but the opening shot is there johnny and barb are literally driving up this hillside and how many films after that did you see whether it's an opening shot or a, a change in scenes where you've seen that shot a thousand times where a car is coming up a hill and yeah. sort of traversing up and then it kind of passes through. I'm like, holy fuck, I feel like I've seen that. A hundred like, times. A hundred, like too many times. I and mean, it's almost like overkill at this point. Like you kind of just take it for granted and you're like, yeah, that's a shot. But, you know, they get there, they get to the graveyard and Johnny's being a real dick though. About his yeah, dead father. Yeah, he's just kind of really. Uh, he's like, not, he's like, f he's like, fucking, just move mother out here. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's just like, fuck, having to drive out here all this way. Yeah, he's like real cynical about it. I'm like, Johnny, it's your dad, bro. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely just Johnny. Well, Johnny on the spot. Bitter, bitter Johnny. Bitter Johnny, man. Bitter Johnny. Yeah, and he's all pissed off, and he's like, oh, I made her drive three hours out here. He's like, I don't fucking get it. It's like, so what if it was my dad? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. Then they, they put the headstone down once they get to the grave. I think he even starts complaining then. He's like, oh, this, he's like, where's the other ones? He's like, we bring flowers every year, and they're so going. He's like, we probably get, how many times have we bought the same one? Yeah, and fucking Barb with her real keen insights, like, well, they die, and then the groundskeeper comes and takes them, and then, you know, we come back a year later, and it's like, okay, no shit, Barb. I think Johnny was being a little sarcastic. Yeah, you know? that seems to be his nature. You should know this. You're his sister. Yeah, you're his sister, for God's sakes. But, you know, then the you know the quintessential line comes in, right, as they're getting out there. And I think he references when they were kids, and he used to scare her because the graveyard creeps her out. Yeah. And the cool thing is they do kind of, like, pan back and forth to the uh the zombie guy walking in like the yeah. background but it just we'll get to that in a second but he's you know he's like walking around and looking like a drunkard and then johnny hits uh barb with the, they're coming to get you barbara which how many times has that line been referenced yeah that's a that's a classic right there oh my god yeah i think of shawn of the dead immediately oh yeah dude yeah we're coming to get you barbara yeah yeah, yeah. Literally but right on point right on the nose right on the nose man and then you know mayhem ensues right the 
old man zombie who just looks like a guy with the flu. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> these are primitive zombies. Yeah, very primitive. But for the time, I mean, hey. It was scary. The very. dead are the dead are alive. They're walking. The yeah. dead are among us. The dead are among us, man. But they're yeah, they're very uh you know, the fight scenes weren't great. It looked like a lot of I will say one thing when I first saw this uh, many moons ago that uh, when uh, Johnny is in like the altercation with the zombie in the graveyard, when he falls and hits his head, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, that sucks. Yeah. And like, you know, he's he's out, but like he doesn't get bit and... uh, from my knowledge of zombie lore, you have to have a bite or a scratch yep. to get the virus. But Right. And I think, I don't, maybe, maybe they just imply it on the back end because he does come back as a zombie. He does. Maybe they just, like, maybe it's just implied that he got bit after the fact, potentially. Yeah, I mean, he is down and out. Yeah, you don't know if he's necessarily dead or not. Yeah. You just so, know that he's, like, unconscious. And right. Barb does her, like, game of running. My favorite part of that whole <laughs> runaway scene from the zombie, which, by the way, he's in that whole thing, yeah, too. Yeah, and this, dude, he's vicious. Yeah, he's like, serious, man. He's, like, running after her, and, like, when she gets in the car, like, him, like, smacking on the door and then yeah. just breaking open the window. Yeah. That's a pretty intense scene. Super intense. And, like, for them to just be like, yeah, just bust the window, and, like, he yeah. busts the window, and, like... He's looking real. I mean, like, zombie or not, like, if that's happening, like, that's fucking scary. And especially for the time, 1968, like, I mean, that shit was happening, but you never saw it on screen like that, I don't think. Yeah. Especially in, like, American theaters, I don't think anything that aggressive and in your face probably occurred. Yeah, yeah, not on a big screen. No, definitely not on a big screen. And zombie, I think, and I think the zombie character is what makes it more intense because they still have a human quality. Yeah. I mean, especially in 1968, they definitely look like they have a human quality. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's it's intense, man. It's like watching like a like an assault happening in front yeah. of you. Um, but you know, my favorite part of that though is she kind of like I don't think she starts the car, right? She just hits the fucking the switch, yeah. The switch to like let go of the brake and she kind of just like Well, she, she tries to start the car and like I guess it just won't start. Yeah, which is per. now talk about how typical that is now. Like there are these little like horror tropes that are like sprinkled in there that for its time, we're probably very nuanced and creepy. Like the whole car won't start. To, I mean, that's in. I and mean, that, and that was probably something that was you know frequent to happen back in the day. I mean, shit, it still happens today. But oh, sure. you yeah. know, I'm sure with the older vehicles, there were definitely uh, more times. Yeah, that that happened, you know. But I love how she just like kind of like she just pulls the parking brake and just yeah, starts rolling down. Yeah, the hill. she just tries to like still try to like control it down the hill, and she just kind of glides into the tree, and she's just like, "Oh my god!" And it's like, "What did you think was gonna happen, Barb?" This is pre-power steering too. Yeah. So like that bitch was hard to hang on to. Oh my god! Yeah, she was probably like trying to wrench it with like her whole body, <laughs> yeah. trying to just direct it down the hill. Yeah. But you know, the whole chase scene happens and ensues, and then she gets to the lone farmer's house in the middle of a you know the western pa flatland farmland you know outside of pittsburgh gets herself uh in the house yeah she gets herself in the house but you know she kind of does like a 360 run around to try to get away from the zombie and finally gets in and basically that's kind of where the film lands for 
you're there the rest of the for movie. the rest of the movie. Yeah, that's that's where you're at. I mean, and talk about you know low budget style of filming and smart techniques. I mean, just keep it in one place. Yeah, literally, like the scenery is basically like shit, like three different locations technically. Yeah, right. I mean, in, I mean, in entirety. Two, if you really don't count the property being a part of the house. Yep. You know, you have the inside the house, outside the house, and then the graveyard. Yeah, exactly. And that's the only thing you see. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, yeah, you kind of forget, and again, I didn't even think I realized that until I started, like, kind of speaking it out just now. I'm like, yeah, that fucking, it doesn't leave there after that. Everything else is seen through a TV, but, I mean, the bulk of the film is right in that house or around said house. Yeah. But then, you know, she gets in, she sees that, you know, basically that place has been ransacked, and you imagine the same thing that happened to her in the graveyard happened at some point in this family home. And then obviously that becomes the reality when she crawls up the steps and sees the dead body with the mother's face completely ripped off. Oh and yeah. That was that's intense. And that's super Especially intense. For time. Very gnarly. <clears throat> very, very gnarly scene. Yeah. You know, it's and, in your face. Uh, you know, it comes back a second time because she sees it. And at this point, the interaction or no, we don't see, uh, we don't see Benny yet, right? No. So she does this whole game of like constantly looking out the window. The zombie tries to keep coming in. Yeah. And he's too fucking dumb to kind of figure it out. Um, and then at a certain point, I think there is some sort of crescendo there to where there's more zombies coming and she starts to panic even more with her knife that she finds in the, uh, in the kitchen. And then the jump scare of that point is Ben when she tries to like crack open the door, he kind of like bursts through, closes it behind yeah. him, and you know does his whole thing. Because then it's the Ben show, yeah. And the Ben takes over, which we kind of talked about in the last episode. The whole socio political balance of things. I mean, you think about 1968, the, the race riots. You know, you're coming up on quite a bit of you know political movement in that regard. What a what a crazy move for that time yep. to have an African American character be the lead and the control. Yep. Of a film, right? Yeah, um, I think that was such an awesome move on Romero's part. Yeah. I think that really just, I don't know, it it shifted weight for sure. Yeah. You know, to show that like, because like you're rooting for Ben the whole time in that movie. Oh, 100%. The whole fucking time. He's the most likable character. Him yep. and the other kid, what's his name? Him and the little, and his, and his girlfriend. Uh, Tom. He means well. Yeah, Tom. Tom and Judy. Yeah, Tom and Judy, specifically Ben and Tom, are the most likable yeah. characters in that whole Tom, film. Tom just wants to do good, you yeah. know, and he's he's on the fence. Um, but he's in it for the team. He's in it for, like, the unit. Yeah, he wants know? everyone to stay together. Yeah, he wants everyone to stay together, which there's clearly a divide amongst everybody else. But no, Ben gets in there. Barb is has become mute, apparently. Yeah, at um, this point, she's completely catatonic. Oh, yeah, 100% catatonic phase where she's not speaking, and Ben's like, are you good? Are you safe? Is there anyone else in here? And she's just, like, all dead-eyed, like, mm, yeah, you know? I'm no use to anyone now. <laughs> yeah, like, like she, yeah, let me just go sit down, and this is where I'll be for the rest of the film. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, Ben takes over. He boards everything up. You know, he's trying to get answers out of Barb. I think at some point, Barb does kind of come alive and start talking about what happened to Johnny. And that's when we kind of get more of a background on him. And then she, like, tries to, like, leave the house when the zombies are there. And she's like, 
I gotta go find my brother or whatever she says. Yeah, she keeps wanting to get out to try and find her brother, Gianni, who Ben just kind of completely, you know, reiterates over and over, like, he's fucking dead. We're not going out there. Not happening. And, like, you keep getting the window pans of like how many are accumulating out there yep you know there's there's two and now there's four and now there's 10 and then you know there's the consistent over and over um you know talk of like you know there could be hundreds out there you don't know it's dark right and one of the two cool scenes i think in that whole period between where it's just ben and barb in the house or what we think to be just ben and barb in the house is one i really like what George Romero did with the zombies, because I think with night of the living dead, at least in my collective memory, sometimes I think the zombies are like not as intelligent compared to other zombie movies, right? They're just kind of these walking idiots that are brain dead and they just want one thing and they're not really clever. But if you, if you remember when Ben comes in not long after that, cause his car, I think runs out of gas that he brought there. But if you notice, and even in the part where Barb was trying to get out with Johnny's car, they're, they're clever enough to know, okay, we're going to bust these windows up. We're going to bust these headlights out. It's nighttime, right? So you're not going to be able to see where you're going. So the zombies aren't, is, aren't exactly dumb creatures. Yeah, this it, it definitely gives them uh, depth, for sure, to be yep. able to understand the logic of that. Yeah. Destroy it, their only means of, of escape. Right, their only means of transportation, quick transportation specifically. And they're taking that apart. So you're like, oh, okay, these zombies aren't just like walking mindless things, right? right. That don't that you can kind of just easily maneuver and get out of the way of. Like they, they have some sort of intent there, which I thought was important. And then secondly, and I think it's to kind of backtrack a second, it's what kicks Barb off to like start talking again is when Ben kind of kind of goes on his own rant of like what he saw, you know, when the whole thing started taking place where you know, there was a car driving and it drove into like a billboard and, you know, he, he felt all this agony and pain of like, I couldn't help them. And, you know, I didn't know what was going on and he just felt lost and confused and almost out of control. Um, I thought that was like a real cool, like humanistic quality to put to Ben because most of the film, Ben is on like the, the like a, a driven tunnel vision, like path of like, how do I protect us and how do I get us out of here? But that yeah. kind of gives you some quality and depth to his character where it's like, hey, it's not all, hey, I got this all figured out. I got a plan. It was when it started, I had no fucking plan and I had no idea what was happening. Yeah. Right? Um, and how it com- and you can kind of get some insight into how it changed him as a as a character into what they're seeing in the home where he's like, I got a plan. Let's go here. Let's do this. Let's move here, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought there was a they were two cool moments in the in the beginning of that storyline because Quite frankly, there's not a ton happening in the storyline for the first 40 minutes until Tom, Judy, Mr. Cooper, Mrs. Cooper, and daughter, who I don't even think has a name, or maybe Mary? Is that her name? Uh, the daughter? Um, I, they, she's mentioned somewhere. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Karen Cooper. Karen. Okay, not Mary. Karen. You, were, huh. you, you you got it. Yeah, I was on the right path, but until they come along, and then Mr. Cooper is arguably the worst, hands down. Oh yeah, when dude, he pops out from the basement. Harry fucking Cooper. 
He's brutal, man. Just what a fucking asshole, dude. He's just he. I mean, I get his standpoint to a degree because he wants to look out for his own, you know, his wife, his daughter, his daughter's sick in the basement. Yep. And I get it. He's got like this. I get it to a degree, I should say, because he's got this very like macho man attitude that like, you know, I fucking I protected this house before you got here. Yeah. You know, and who do you think you are coming in here? And he's just like, well, I'm the one that just came on here and fucking boarded this whole place up. (laughs) Right. You know, while you were hiding down in the basement with no escape and no exit. And to your point, you make an you make it. A very interesting point there because they're both, especially when they first get in that argument, Mr. Cooper comes up, him and Ben have very similar, like, I guess, personality in terms of they're very strong minded and strong. They're both alphas, but Mr. Cooper really isn't an alpha because if you think about it in that whole dialogue of conversation, he's like, we couldn't hear anything that was going on upstairs. And then he like mentions two minutes later, there was all this racket. And Ben's like, well, you just said that you didn't hear anything. And then you're saying there's all this racket. He's like, so you knew something up here was going on, but you didn't come to investigate. Oh, well, we just thought it was one of those things. Yeah. And you're like, mm, you kind of get the sense right there. Like he's not as alpha. I think it's more of a front than it really truly is an alpha. Oh, for sure. In front of his wife, you know, and in front of Tom and Judy. Sure. Yep. You know, and uh, Ben's definitely like the, the, the leader. And it's it's it's. Right then and there, when Harry and Tom come up from the basement, because you don't see Mrs. Cooper yet. You don't see uh, Helen. Nope. uh, And you don't see Judy until a little bit later. They're still down in the basement. So the only ones you see come up are Mr. Cooper and Tom. Yep. And then they... Yeah, go ahead. ahead. Well, when when they come up, that's when you really get that driving force that like, oh, Ben's the fucking dude. Oh yeah! Like oh yeah! He knows what to do. He's got a plan, sure. you know, versus no plan and just sit around and wait. Like sitting ducks, and, essentially. And they're they're getting condescending messages on the TV from the news station of what to do. You know, at first it's you know seek shelter, stay inside. You know, don't go out. And then from there, it's like you know everybody rally at this. You know safe zone type deal, you know, and just, you know, make haste. So, you know, Ben's sitting here like we cannot stay here. Right. You know, well, at first he, he boards everything up and, you know, says we got food, you know, we can, we can post up here for a little while, but then like, you know, that kind of shifts because the movie shifts into a more uh, aggressive point where, they want to get out. They want to, you know, yeah, convoy the fuck out of there. Well, right, exactly. And I think the the whole argument that, and it's and it's cool because it kind of you can be in both camps to some degree. Where Mr. Cooper, you're like, well, yeah, it's it's one way in, which means it's a lot easier to try to man that one way in. But God forbid they get in, you're a fucking sitting duck. Number two, there's no sense of communication. Where at least upstairs, number one, you have multiple exits. Also multiple entries, but multiple exits. And two, you have a radio, you have a TV, you have a line of communication to the FBI, to the president, the president's cabinet, the military, the whole nine to where you can get a better sense of what's happening and not just be kind of, again, sitting ducks without any info on what's going on, you know, kind of almost in like this post-apocalyptic, you know, isolated area, right, In, in a cellar. Yeah, but, I mean, um, for me, 
I'm bent all day because oh, yeah. I I couldn't see myself staying in the basement. No. You know, I that whole no exit, no plan of escape. You know, you're 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 basically it's a waiting game at that point because you're either waiting for help to just show up to a random house in the middle of a field in bumfuck Pennsylvania. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're just hoping that someone's just fucking driving by. Right. You know, and happens to see a house. Or the other option is you're just waiting for them things to come inside and, oh, yeah. and come downstairs. And now you have to put up a fight with they have a baseball bat, I think is what they have downstairs. Cause Ben finds yep. the only gun in the house. Yep. So he was going to fend off all of them with a baseball bat. Yeah. If no. they decided to open that door. Swing away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking walking Phoenix and signs over here. <laughs> Swing away. <laughs> Just start knocking these heads off like fucking baseballs. But no, exactly. And, you know, I think the other thing, too, in that whole argument scene, it's like you can tell Tom is very much the middleman, but he's not the alpha for sure. But he also what I like about Tom is he doesn't try to play the alpha where Mr. Cooper does. He's just like, I'm going to go with the best decision and most sound decision, I think, between these alphas. And he ends up going with Ben, right? And then it's more of a, hey, I think everybody, he kind of speaks up for the group and goes, I think everybody's probably on the same wavelength to some degree. Let's just see what he has to offer, right? He got in here. He's been safe this whole time. Let's see what he can do, right? At the end of the day. So, you know, um, they kind of go through that whole spiel and argument and back and forth. And, um, you know, <laughs> speaking of the TV, my favorite part of that movie, and it felt in like intentional comedy to some degree is when the two scientists. So when they come to find out as they're to your point, giving the updated news of what's going on and what they might think is the issue at hand, which causing these dead people to then become alive. The living dead, uh, is the, what was it? The, um, why am I blanking on the, the word itself? The satellite that like comes back down to earth that came from Venus. And there was some sort of radiation that they think it is now oh, yeah. that travels down and like hits the ground and has infected all these people. Um, <laughs> like when they pan, the news reporter goes to the guy with the military garb on, he looks like a general or something. And he's got the two scientists in the lab coats with him. And they're asking him, he's like, do you think this is, uh, do you think the, the, the object that came back from Earth, from Venus, is what's causing this? And the, the general's like, well, we really don't know. And the scientist is like, yeah, I think that's, a, yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that would never happen. But like, imagine if that did happen in the real world where you it was just like. You get like condescended by, you have like one opinion. Yeah. And then, it, well, no comment. Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to comment. And the general's like, what the fuck? Like, I thought we weren't going to talk about this, dude. And he's yeah. like, no, I think this is, we're pretty confident this is really what this is going this is yeah. what it is yeah it's the fucking satellite sorry guys <laughs> our bad my bad my bad but uh now we have the plague yeah now we have the plague but that i thought that was like kind of that felt like intentional comedy you know kind of yeah. sprinkled into that um you know to kind of bring some light to it but you know they do that whole song and dance between ben and mr cooper and you, and you just get the feeling with mr cooper that he's sort of a snake and then you see his family um, you know, when he goes back down into the, into the cellar and decides to stay there, another cool moment between him and his wife, you, you get a sense that he's a weak dude, you know, because she's like, there's Instantly. a radio, there's a radio upstairs. She's like, there's why a TV? You? Yeah. She's like, why are you keeping us down here? And he's like, oh, they think they got it figured out. And she's like, I, I forget what exactly she says, but she basically makes the point. It's like, you're only keeping us down here because you want to be right. 
not that it's the right decision, but you want to be right. Yep. You know, and now you're fucking sticking us down here. Our daughter's, you know, catatonic. Not as catatonic as Barb, but almost as fucking catatonic. Yeah. You know? Um, Little old Helen Cooper, Karen Cooper. Karen Cooper. Karen Cooper's got a cooler part than Barbara. Yeah, oh, hands down, dude. Hands down. Either way, those two characters, man, if I could pick characters to be that people would know for the rest of their life, those are two easy ones to be, man. You know, to say the least. Hell yeah. Because it's not a lot going on with them. Not a lot of dialogue. No, you know? not at all. Just a couple coughs and... That's it. Yeah. That's it. But, you know, they get stuck down there and, you know, Ben and Tom and, and Judy, they kind of do the flip-flop. Because then it starts to be this, like, train of people coming back up and down from the cellar. Like, nobody can seem to make up their mind. They're like, all right, well, Judy, go back down there. Bring Helen up. Helen, go back down. Bring Mr. Cooper up. And it's just, like, this weird fucking... They're, like, it's almost like as if they're babysitting uh, Karen because she's sick down there. Yeah, yep. But it's, like, weird because you're just, like, the but why, why, like, just leave her down. Like, everyone come upstairs for a second. Leave the fucking sick kid down there by herself for... Yeah, she's got it. Five minutes. Right. You know, she's not going anywhere. No. Well, at least we don't think anyway. Yeah. She's going anywhere. So uh-huh. like, but then they make this grand plan to... Well, and then the other thing is Ben... I forget how he figures out the hate fire. Because he lights the... He lights the body of the zombie that comes down from the top of the stairs when he first gets in there with Barb on fire outside and the zombies are like on fire i hate heat and they're like they're like get away and then they fucking back off he says something about them hating fire but they make this grand plan to get to the vehicle because there's the lock box that opens up that has gas that can put gas in the car it can get them to their safe spot where they can meet up with other individuals who are specifically uh alive and you know, they make this grand plan and, and Ben has his little tiki torch off the fucking dining room table leg that he sets on fire. And Tom's going to be the, uh, you know, the uh, scapegoat, right? He's going to be the one driving the uh, driving the old vehicle, you know, out for safety. And what a fuck up that was. Like just a major fuck up. Yeah. You know, and uh, he didn't get it. He he didn't get it, dude. He did not get it. He re- well, first of all, Judy should have known better. You know what I mean? Like she like <laughs> like I forgot about that scene until she did that. And I went, oh yeah, that's right. This goes horribly wrong because Tom jumps in the car. Ben's kind of like playing the yeah, don't get off. Yeah. get with the fire stick, and Judy's like, oh fuck it, I'm coming. All last second, yep. and then Mr. Cooper does that little sleazy shit where he locks the door behind her, and then she's like, oh. I don't know what to do. And, yeah. You know, and Ben's like, you're either going to fucking get in or you're not. Or you're going to die with right. these zombies, you know? And so they go back to the barn with the, with the gas, try to knock the lock off. Ben shoots it off. Cause I think they found a key yep. at one point. And then, uh, yeah, fucking I, what happens there, by the way, I, I, I didn't watch it back cause it happened so quick. Yeah. It's a very, very quick, uh, scene. You know, they, they go to fill the, the vehicle up. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there's a gunshot that goes off. So and he, he shoot. Remember, he shoots the lock off with the gun. The, and I, that starts the fire, if I'm not mistaken. Does is uh, I think. What, no, I think what happens is something with his torch. table leg, his torch. Yeah, that's what it is. It ignites. Um, well, you know what happens because you see there's like a fire on the ground in the grass where he laid the torch down, and then Tom. 
is like <laughs> like just fucking hits the nozzle with the oh, gas. Oh yeah, and, and it's it, pouring everywhere. Yeah, and he's like, I'm just going to fucking figure yeah, this out. Yeah, just waving <laughs> and, it around. Yeah, like it's like you know fucking just like waving his dick around. But yeah, it's like through the gas pump, the nozzle, and he catches it on fire on that little patch that then catches to the gas and it goes right to the vehicle, and they're like. <laughs> And like in a panic, like Tom's like, fuck, I got to drive away from this fire. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in a v- burning truck, in a burning truck, he's like, get out of here. And then he finally like panic parks it to get out. And Ben's like, what the fuck are you doing? And then old Judy, Judy, booty, bo booty gets her fucking jacket stuck. And that's literally her last words. She's yeah. like, my jacket's stuck. Boom. Bam. And I'm like, damn, what a what a terrible last line. Yeah, and then the vehicle explodes. Yep, and it's a wrap. And that's when they're like, oh, fuck. Oh, we are yeah, we're fucked because yeah, that just fucked. is gonna fucking. That was our one ticket out. Bring the village. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna bring the village of zombies right to us. Oh my god, yeah, it's like a shining. It's like a bat signal. Yeah, they might not like the fire, but they've fucking definitely heard that noise, and they're just like, mm, okay, <laughs> go that way. Yeah, they're like just fucking figure it out. Meanwhile, there's still a thousand zombies around them anyway. But yeah, the rest of them that were probably roaming around the woods are going to come straight there. But they also know too, okay, that's like our one main shot out of here that's convenient in terms of transportation. Now gone completely. And Tom and Judy also gone. Yeah, very much gone. Just burn up. Just burn up. So Ben gets back to the house. Mr. Cooper tries to lock him out though. That little sneaky shit. Because if you remember, because he's banging on the door, Mr. Cooper's sort of by the, the cellar, like just looking all intensely like, Oh fuck. Should I let him in? Should I? And then he finally does, you know, they, they finally let him in. And then we get what we all wanted. Ah, the whole time. Just the fucking rock him, sock him robots. Yeah. He fucking handles him like a rag fucking doll. Which also, also again, just shows his weakness. Like the, the his whole character is so weak. He just gets beat the living shit out of by Ben. Right. Police. Mr. Cooper sucks, dude. He's the worst, man. He really is, dude. He's the worst. Absolute worst. And then, you know, Ben gets back in. It's basically a, it's a, I mean, it's a madhouse at this point. Everything just kind of devolves into chaos at that point because, you know, little Karen is like completely dead. Dead as shit. Dead as shit at this point. You know, and as soon as Mr. Cooper and Helen are down there and get back down there. Oh, no, even before that, I'm lying. Because what happens is when Ben gets back in, that that shows that pretty much brings in the parade of zombies that starts yeah. seeping through the windows. Yep. And then somehow Helen gets tied up by the zombie, like her back's to the door. Yep. And she's getting like rear naked choked by one of the zombies <laughs> in through the doorway. <laughs> and like, you know, Ben's trying to fight it off and Barb's still sitting there because that's all she's done this whole movie is just sit there. And Mr. Cooper's hanging back, not doing a goddamn thing. But that's after they get done fighting. And as they're trying to hold everything off, the gun falls to the ground. And who picks it up? None other than our Joe. The worst. The worst, dude. Mr. Cooper. He tries to pull the gun on Ben. Yeah. Just like the most. I just, at this point, it's like, you just got your ass beat. Yeah. You you know why you got your ass beat right when the whole you had it coming had it coming but the whole thing with his character that like it's almost non-realistic but maybe it is just that's how bad human nature is it's like he's so self-involved like he doesn't even realize like they're about to die 
because of all these zombies that are just like caving in the walls of this home. And you want to turn on one of the few living that are in your presence. Right. But my thing is, if he kills Ben, then what? What's he going to do? What's your move, bud? Yeah, what the, what the fuck? Are we going to like careen off the second floor and hopefully jump over the like pool of zombies yeah. and do like a stuntman type of action? <laughs> like it's not going to happen, you know? And he's just so tunnel vision with his own ego the whole movie that that like is the culminating factor of it and then ben just kind of like it's like all right fuck this window of zombies i'm just gonna walk straight at you and then grabs the gun shoots mr cooper which it's like i forgot i forgot about that scene too yeah i could i could not remember how he specifically died i knew how helen died yeah but i couldn't remember mr cooper's death and then you know ben fucking Ben's like, I'm done, dude. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, like, you pulled a gun on me? Fuck you. Yeah, he was like, I probably probably was going to kill you anyway or let you die. But in this case, now nah, I'm going to just fucking put a bullet in you. His wife, Mr. Cooper's wife, Helen, didn't even fucking care. <laughs> I mean, meanwhile, she was still getting rear naked choked and like yeah. arm barred by the zombie. Yeah. But like she like watched it and was like, ah. He pulled the gun on you instead of shooting the fucking things that are holding me. Right. So that shows you where his priorities were. Oh, 100%. And you kind of knew they weren't, even in the earlier stages of that movie, that they weren't, that wasn't That's, a good dynamic. It's not a healthy relationship. It wasn't. Yeah, no. She she basically saw him as weak. Yeah. To be quite honest. and But she was more, and like any good parent and mother would, was more concerned about the daughter and yep. just the health of her daughter, not so much what he was doing. Yeah. Which was so, anything but taking care of the daughter. Yeah. No, just more absorbed with his own ego and action plan or, or whatever it was that he was really trying to accomplish, which wasn't much. Yeah. No. So yeah, no, he gets shot. He kind of stumbles down into, you know, the, the cellar. It is sad to some degree. I guess that's his most human quality of that whole movie. Mr. Cooper is when he kind of stumbles down and tries to grab his daughter and then dies before he gets to grab her. So it's like, I did care, I guess. To some degree, eh, last ditch effort to be a yeah a good it was, person. You know, day late, dollar short. Yep, is essentially what that came down to. You had quite a few opportunities to straighten yourself out. Yep, and you still chose the dickhead route. The dickhead, exactly. You had it coming. A, oh, a thousand percent. Fuck thousand you, dude. percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, without question. So yeah, that was a deserved death. Yeah, a, you know, I yeah was not a no problems with that at all. Um. And then, yeah, you know, it dissolves into chaos, right? Because then uh, I think what happens is, is, you know, Helen's still getting rear naked choked for the 15th minute in a row in this movie. <laughs> Barb's like, oh, I'm alive again. Hello. Welcome. And it's like, I've been asleep for an hour and a half. And she comes alive to try to fight off the zombies <laughs> with Helen. And and again, I've it's been so long since I've seen the movie. I was like, all right, Barb, like, get back in the fucking game. Good for you, dude. And then who does she see? Who does she see? Right in the thick of it. Fucking Johnny. Dude. Johnny. And I'm like. Johnny on the spot. Damn. And he goes and grabs her and just rips her right in. Yep. And that's it. It's a farewell to Barb. Yep. Thanks for being a trooper. <laughs> Later, Barb. Yeah. Again, day late, dollar short Barb. Yep. Day late, dollar short Mr. Cooper. And she gets dragged in, sucked Good in. Good riddance. Yeah, honestly, man. Honestly. For as famous as that line is with her, weak ass character. Yo, big true. Weak. Big, big truth. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, that's, I guess that's it for Barb. She had one little last jump in her. Yeah. And that was, uh, and that was it, you know, which I, I feel like they, I mean, I do, and trust me, I do like this movie, especially for its time period, but they could have done a lot more with Barb, I think. 
Yeah. I think anyway, especially because it starts, I mean, it just starts out with her. She's in, I mean, quite honestly, a bulk of this movie. And it's just like, uh, it's like a, it kind of comes in like a fart. It's like, it surprises you. And then it's like, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you're left with this stench and you're like, ah, that so, wasn't uh, super pleasant. Yeah. You know, like she's just, yeah, it just, it was a, her arc was very strange to me. I agree. Very strange. She get, she, she definitely could have been used a little bit differently. Um, but yeah. also again, I'm right there with you. Loved this movie. Oh yeah. A thousand percent. I, uh, the other thing I thought that was interesting too, just looking back at older movies is the dynamic of the male female too. And I mean, it's like a, in a lot of horror movies, I think, but just listening to the dialogue, it's like the males are they're in the driver's seat. Yeah. Like the females don't have much to say or do. They just kind of get directed. Yeah. The whole film, you know? And I feel like somebody like a Helen probably could have had more depth to her as well, because you could just, you could sense the dynamic of the relationship with her and Mr. Cooper. You could you could feel she was a little bit more wise than him in terms of like the emotional side of it, right? Of like why he was doing what he was doing versus probably what should have been done. Yeah. But because of the dynamics of that time period, like she could only speak up to a certain extent and then it kind of just gets brought back down again. Yeah. Because of Mr. Cooper's anger. Very true. But I mean, it's a, it's a cool purview into that time period as well i think yeah because it's weird because you have her as like the damsel in distress at first well no i'm sorry she's not really the damsel she she's in distress but she's tough enough to get away from the original zombie and then instead of having like this like toughened role you know because this is pre like scream queen era so like you know i feel like she could have had this like tough exterior that came out, but you know, the times were different. Um, and there has to be like a dominant character. And that was definitely Ben uh, for this film. So like having two dominant leads would probably be a little conflicting. Um, however, uh, yeah, her character arc was definitely, uh, it was flat. It was flat. It didn't really exist. You know, it was like, Okay, she gets away. Cool. We're we're rooting for her. And then her <laughs> there's no dialogue from her for the entirety of the movie for, you know. Right. It's yeah. rough. It is. It is. And uh, you know, and then Helen I don't really think it's her fair shake to some degree. Like again, I think she could have had probably more depth if this movie was made 20, 25 years later. But, you know, she gets axed by a Karen the zombie. She do, yeah, or whatever Karen. that is, the little, yeah, the little Ka- gardening tool. Yeah, nails uh, yeah. You know, and I mean that's pretty much a wrap for everybody at that point, except for Ben. Right, Ben's the last man standing. You're like, he can do this. He can pull it out. You got and this, bud. He got it. And then the zombies kind of barrel in at that point and rush in. Um, you know, and he gets himself back down to the cellar. He has to kill Mister Cooper. And Mrs. Cooper, because they come alive again. Although, again, to your point in the zombie lore, well, Karen does eat Mr. Cooper. Yeah. We do see that. So I guess that could have brought him back. But with Helen, you don't see that. You just see her getting garden-tooled to death. But you don't see her get bit again. You don't see a biting or a scratching. Again, sort of implied kind of like Johnny's death in the beginning. Sure. Comes back around full circle toward the end. Um, But, you know, Ben does the dirty on them and ends them. And then kind of waits it out, right? Yeah. And 
you know, one thing we haven't brought up in the synopsis is the whole like vigilante group that's going to go meet up with the FBI in DC that's been killing zombies in the middle of PA, the uh, law enforcement group slash vigilante group that they've had coming out there, burning bodies and, you know, taking, you know, kicking ass and taking dead people's names. And this is all stuff you're hearing off of the radio and television and television. Right. But then it kind of like switches to their vantage point coming in. Like the helicopter comes down and they're all walking through and the news reporter's like, well, we'll just, we'll just follow you. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, there's a zombie. Kill him. All right. Make a fire pit. Burn some bodies. And they're like very vigilante justice warrior types. Yep. You know, they kind of like take it into their own hands. And then Ben, hears the ruckus, man. They start mowing down the zombies that are kind of trickling around in the, in the daytime. We think, Right. Ben's in a world of hurt in the cellar. You know, we don't know if he's going to get bombarded. He's finally trapped in the place he didn't want to be when he was getting into the arguments with Mr. Cooper. You know, the night turns into day. He hears all the ruckus going on. You know, he thinks he's starting to hear people, people. So he takes off the boards of the cellar door, slowly like peeks his way into, you know, the, the living room area where pretty much most of the movie took place, kind of peer through the windows, see what's happening. And then, I mean, goddamn, one of the saddest endings, honestly, just a bummer of an ending, you know? And like all that time, man, Ben had a plan, Ben directed the group, you know, sometimes willingly with the group, sometimes in full bore arguments with the group. His whole goal was just to get out and not only safely for himself, but safely for the people around him. It wasn't like he was like a very tunnel vision guy where it was like, it's me, it's my health, it's only me. Yeah, he was looking out for the best interest of the group. Best interest of the group. I mean, and even with Barb, who didn't help him a goddamn bit, that whole movie. He was looking out for her, too. Yeah, and even when Mr. Cooper was starting to yell at Remember Mr. Cooper kept taking it out on her a couple of times, too? Yeah. And he's like, you need to get in the cellar. And he's like, fuck, shut the fuck up. Yeah, let her <laughs> do what she wants, man. Yeah. She's fine here. Yeah, like, let her chill on the couch. And he just doesn't get his fair shake, man. Doesn't get his fair shake. But I think that speaks to a larger point of that time period, too. But, you know, the vigilante group spots a live one in the house, takes aim, sniper angle, pew! Who is it? Poor old Ben. And that is Ben's demise. It's domed. Yep. What a bummer. Sucks. It does. It does. Big bummer. But... What an ending. Yeah, what an ending, dude. What a fucking ending. I mean, that whole movie, you know, would there be some things I would change? Sure. But at the same time, would I change anything? No. I think it's it's perfect for its time period. It's a classic today. It kicks off a lot of the horror tropes that we've already talked about and will soon also talk about as well, you know, later down the line. And I mean, it's a fucking classic, man. It's a yeah. classic. And it's just, you know... The, the lead role of Ben, you know, especially being, you know, a very bold step for its time and something that certainly stood out for its time. The way that Ben's character's demise happened very much of its time by the police, by a vigilante group. I mean, how much of that could have just been translated to real world in 1968? Yeah, you know? unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, yeah. And, you know, I think uh, it's just it's it's so fucking good all around. Yeah. You know, um, 
and I mean, I, I mean, I recommend anybody who's never seen it go go peep it. This starts your, you know, anyone's I mean, obsession with 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 zombie movies. I think if anything, if you want to get into American horror, I think this should just be base base level first movie to go to. Quite frankly, I really do because it kind of kicks everything off after that. You know, all the tropes that we spoke about. Um, I mean, clearly all the zombie movies, but I mean, I think for any movie, quite honestly, that's like your, that's the perfect level to start at that and Halloween, I think would be the first two that I would, yeah. that I would peak. Cause that gets you creature feature ish. Yeah. Yeah. Zombies are creature. Fe- yeah. It's a creature feature. Yeah, sure. And slasher with Halloween. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's like the two best places for you. To, and then you can kind of branch out from there. Okay. You know, you can kind yeah. of get your picks. Very true. Very true. That would be my go-to too. Well, Tie Guy. How out of five, five, hmm, five bites out of five bites, what do you rate this? Man, out of five bites, uh, I don't know why this number is sticking in my head. 4.25. 4.25. Yeah. So like four, four big old boys, four big old bites. And then like a, I'm full. But I'll have a little more. I want like a little fork. Here's little its fork da- here's my downfall with it. We kind of already talked about it. A very simple storyline. But I think if they just did something different with Barb's character, I think that would make this a perfect five for me. But she's like the 0.75 that I'm like, mm, no, I'm good. Feel it. Yeah. And for me, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with a three out of five bites. Whoa. Yeah. Explain um, yourself. I'm curious. I'm going to. I'm going to. So I do really enjoy this. Um, It's definitely not something that I would consistently sit down and watch over and over again because. I'm with you. um, It's 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 dry for a while. Oh, yeah. And it's a slow burner. It's a slow, it's a huge slow burner. I mean, it's a great start to what's to come, you know, from Romero and, you know, his genius was just in the, the wee stages at that time. Yeah. You know, I, I think movies that came later, such as day of the dead, which we'll talk about about in two weeks, day of the dead's my favorite. Um, that's, I love that film and I can't wait to talk about that. Um, but yeah, three out of five, I think that there is things in the film. I would have liked to see more of, Mm -hmm. uh, budgetary region, region reasons. (laughs) Oh, God damn. By the way, guys, I feel like we should say this too. We should have probably prefaced this one. We're like three hours and a half into our night tonight where normally the podcast sort of starts the the front of it. And we have a lot more energy. At this point, we're like editing. Yeah. Well, you're editing and I'm watching going, that's cool. How did you do that? (laughs) But but this, at this point, like it's editing time. So like we, uh, we've been on a journey today. So I think much like the living dead. Yeah. We're pretty fucking close to that <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, we're definitely we're definitely nearing that for sure. Oh my god, yeah, dude. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the only thing I would have changed with the film would have been the fact that I wanted to see more from Barb, mm-hmm. uh, Barbara, Barbara, and it would have been it would have been cool to see 
like other it would have been cool to see like what was going on elsewhere yep you know for like a period like just you know you know five minutes or something like that you know just like you kind of get it like a very and you had you must have pay attention to it because it, it slow burns to the point you lose focus sometimes yeah but one of the things they do is the radio, like the TV, the newscaster, they start kind of going through the list of nearby hospitals in different areas. And you can kind of pick up it's not all in PA. Yeah. But it seems to be like more centered in the tri-state, southeast, east coast region. So you're like, you don't, to your point, you don't really get a sense of, okay, is this like a, is this a national thing? Like, wh- what is this exactly? Right. You know? Um, and yeah, I think that's, and it would have also been cool and probably for budgetary reasons if they just... If they got what makes it cool in some way is that it's in one setting in one area, but it would have been cool to kind of see it like what if they went out on like the fucking, you know, the town, right? Where there was like stores and shit. What yeah. would that look like? Right. Yeah, so for sure. to kind of paint a, a, a bigger picture than just, you know, it's only happening in this little world with this house and this field. Yeah. You know? Um, and one thing I'd be curious to, th- to, to find out is if, Romero had intentions for a sequel after this, you know, like, did he go into night of the living dead, you know, with, you know, the mindset and the goal to have dawn of the dead to come afterwards, you know, because if that's the case, then I would have appreciate, I, I, I do appreciate this film very much. So I know three might seem a little low for a rating, especially coming from me because I'm usually like, you know, I'm I'm sure though people listening will probably to some degree agree with that sentiment. Listen, if you've never seen the film, please do yourself a favor and go watch it. It's yep. a great movie. Oh yeah. Now, me having seen it before, and this is you know uh, several watches. You know, it's just not. It's for me. It's not a revisitable film. Um, no. You know you. You'd you'd need a a a large time gap for my. I would need a large time gap to want to go back and watch that film again. Like, okay, it's been X amount of time. I'm feeling like watching this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's and we kind of talked about it at the beginning. You really the storyline's so simplistic that you pretty much pick up every little nuance within the first watch. Yeah. You know, it's not one of those movies where you come back again. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize. That happened. Like, you couldn't watch it back-to-back weeks. Like, if you watched it one Saturday and watched it Saturday again, you're like, oh, and that's coming. Oh, and that's why they did that. And that's coming. Like, you could pick it up quick. Yeah. Whereas, like, a movie like a Hereditary. if I mean, that's a very polar opposite way to com- compare things. But, like, that movie, you could watch that two or three times and pick up on little things that you yeah, wouldn't be aware for of. for sure. You know? For sure. Whereas with Night of the Living Dead, you, you kind of, you get the gist. It's, it's very cut and dry yep absolutely but Which, uh that'll lead us into next week's episode oh yeah which isn't so cut and dry has a lot more depth and was in my opinion uh a step in the right direction of where zombie films continued to go after this and that is dawn of the dead hell yeah my first watch not well the the og anyway i've watched the 2004 2004 remake remake, but i've not watched the og now this is what's fun for me is that yes you know night of the living dead i've watched this is probably my i don't know fourth or fifth watch 
of Night of the Living Dead over my years, but I've never seen the continuation. So I am curious to see if there is any connections from the first to the second, if there's any like little Easter eggs there that might connect it to or things I might pick up on, you know, from the first film into the second film um, and just see the evolution of it. Right. Um, you know, what Romero's thought process was behind everything and, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what it is. I mean, I've heard so many good things over the years from not just you, but other fans of horror. And um, I'm surprised it's taken me 27 years to get here. <laughs> but here we are. We're getting here. So, you know, come next week, I'll be uh, I'll be putting my fucking little eyeballs on that baby. So Hell I'm excited. Yeah. Well, how about we play the trailer? And we'll be right back. Yeah. In 1968, George Romero brought us night of the living dead it became the classic horror film of its time not that room not that room now george romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times it gets up and kills the people it kills get up and kill this situation must be controlled before it's too late they are multiplying too rapidly dawn of the dead. Meet me on the roof at nine o'clock. Get out. I don't believe We're it. We're gonna what? get out in the chopper. We've got to survive. Somebody's got to survive. They kill for one reason. They kill for food. They eat their victims. Imagine, if you will, that something has gone terribly wrong. Shoot it, man. Now, accept the fact that there's no escaping the horrible consequences. George Romero brings back the dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. We must not be lulled by the concept that these are our family members or our friends. They are not. They will not respond to such emotions. Operator dead. Post abandoned. You may never get out of the room. It's everywhere. What the hell is it? Looks like a shopping center, one of those big indoor malls. What are they doing? Why do they come here? Some kind of instinct, memory, what they used to do. This was an important place in their lives. What is it? We've got a war. We have spawned our own savagery. Soon, it will consume us all. It is a horrible, hauntingly accurate vision of the mindless excesses of a society gone mad. They must be destroyed on sight! When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. We are down to the line, folks. We are down to the line. Dawn of the Dead. All right, cool, cool, cool. So uh, next week we'll be watching the 1978 Dawn of the Dead. Oh, yeah. First watch for Tyler. Yeah. Very exciting. This is uh, This is my number two on the list of my favorites of Romero's dead films. Um, I watched this earlier this week and I'm going to watch it again for the show next week. 
uh, yeah, it's just a fucking banger. It's not a slow burn like Night is. Uh, it's way more fast paced. It starts off hard. It goes through and finishes hard. It's just, uh, it's a, it's a fucking banger. I'm stoked for you to watch it. I'm stoked to do the episode on it. I'm excited for our continuation of May of the Dead. Yeah, man, May of the Dead. And yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely after watching Night of the Living Dead. I need a little fast paced action in my life. I need I need more energy. Yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred. Night of the Living Dead is kind of the equivalent of like sort of your slow ballad. It's like you're, you know, when you're at the dance, it's like you're, you know, you 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 get it with a girl. You kind of just you yeah, go through the motions. It's pleasant. It's pleasant. Dawn of the Dead's like that song that comes through, and you're like, oh shit, they're playing this. Yeah, damn, bro. Damn. Let's they're, fucking get it, they're dude. They're playing the Nookie? Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah, I did it all for the Nookie, dude. Just so you could take that cookie. You know what I mean? And that's what Dawn of the Dead is, apparently. So I'm excited to... I'm, I'm excited to experience... I'm excited to experience the that effect. The Nookie effect. Cool. Hell the yeah. Fred Durst effect. <laughs> <laughs> the du- I've Durst. been dursted. I've been dursted. But no, I'm, uh, no seriously. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get to actually peep this for the first time. The OG version, of course. Like I said, I've seen the 04... Um, but you know, I mean, May of the Dead, man, I'm, I'm really, really stoked to kind of see everything through in, in its true format, not watch one movie and then three years later, watch the next one. And then, you know, I, I, it's cool to be able to see them all in a row like this week by week. So yeah, I'm stoked for what's to come, man. Stoked for what's to come. Hell yeah, brother. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Yeah. Before I, uh, Korean office. 295 <laughs> dead asleep from this Wendy's coma. <laughs> It'll be a night of, of Tyler's death. Yeah. No. Night, night of the living dead. Night of the living. I'll just be, yeah, that'd be a fucking, that'd be a shitty movie. Yeah. would not be good. I'll be just somewhere in fucking thoroughfare or Paulsboro. <laughs> in some business park. <laughs> not a good look. All right. Well, you want to do the, uh, you want to do the thing? What what thing? The thing, you know, the end, the end thing, you know, the, uh, you know, the, you know, the thing. <laughs> no. Yeah, you know the thing, you know the thing, the thing that, that that I say every week. Um, you know the thing, you know the, you know the thing. <laughs> Dude, I wish you, I. You drawing a blank on it? <laughs> yeah, no. Listen, it's been sleepy time. Dude, I'm so tired. <laughs> it's all, it's all good. Listen, I'm gonna do the thing this week, right. but when I say do the thing next week, I'm gonna know what that you're thing gonna know is. what that thing is. Yeah, I can't forget now. All right, cool. So listen here, guys. Rate, review, subscribe. Oh, yeah. I would have never remembered all that. That's so much stuff that comes out of you at the end of this podcast every time. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> we uh, we appreciate all of you tuning in week by week. And we're going to be consistently putting out more content. Uh, we have a lot of things worked um, for the near future. Listener support. Uh, just extra content. There's a lot that's going into this right now. It's it's going to come into fruition within the next month or so. So you'll be seeing some some updated changes, some new things, and some exciting things to give you guys a little bit more interaction and, and to kind of give back. But uh, yeah, again, rate, review, subscribe. All that shit really does fucking help. Tell a friend if you got somebody that's into horror or somebody that doesn't know jack shit about horror. Give them our credentials and let them know that we are open to the horror nerd and to the 
horror beginner. Yeah, casual. So, yeah, Absolutely. the the casual listener or the the deep diver that wants to go twenty feet deep down into the depths and pull out the shot on video shit tapes. Oh yeah, and also too on that on that same note, I mean, we're getting very close to the thousand follower. Um, on our Instagram, which is pretty fucking dope. I did not think we'd get there this quickly, but we're we're fastly approaching. I would venture to say with the rate we're going, next three to four weeks we'll be there. Yeah. You know, maybe sooner, right? And I'll look to you guys to help us with that. But uh, you know, if anything, I mean, fuck, we're we've basically doubled our output from our first few episodes back at the end of twenty twenty to where we're at now. And yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to do what we're doing and you know Thanks for everybody kind of coming along the way with us yeah, too. Thanks for sticking around. If you, if you are not coming to hear us from Instagram, uh, feel free to follow us on Instagram. It's uh, at tapehead massacre. Uh, we're going to be doing a tape giveaway. Once we reach a thousand followers, uh, it will be to one of our thousand followers. Yep. So be on the lookout for that. And to wrap this bad boy up, I'm Caleb. I am barely alive, but I'm Tyler. And we will see you guys next week for Dawn of the The Dead. Deuces.